The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Gary Jones, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate. Chevron 7 Locked. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secret to Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. What up, Gators? <laughs> <laughs> that's, my new, that's my new greeting, my new tagline. Figured we're past nice. 100 episodes, you know, we can switch it Gotta up a little bit. Switch nope. it up. Yeah. That, hey, Jack. Going back to the 2000s? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this episode is tight. It's tight. <laughs> it's <Today whack>. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think of other outdated uh, words for cool now. It's, well, it's fresh. Fresh. Uh, it could be dope or hype. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could think of some of the current ones, but I've gotten, yeah. to the, I've gotten to the age now where I don't understand the slang that people use so yeah i've definitely fallen off yeeted i don't know yeah (laughs) yes yeah it's mid dab dab (laughs) when a civilian's uh today we are discussing the 17th episode of season five fail safe is that what we're doing apparently (laughs) (laughs) when a civilian spots what he believes to be a giant asteroid heading towards earth and is convinced by the u.s military to keep it quiet sg1 is tasked with stopping the asteroid within 11 days and 16 hours. But their attempts to seek help from the Tok'ra and the Asgard are unsuccessful. They ultimately decide to plant a nuclear warhead on the asteroid, but encounter several obstacles along their way. That's pretty much the whole episode. Including a failed engine and a cave-in. Upon landing on the asteroid, they discover that it is made almost entirely of Naquita and must conclude that it was launched by the Gould to appear as a natural disaster to destroy Earth. They manage to disarm the bomb manually, open a hyperspace window, and divert the asteroid by driving it through the Earth in subspace. But they accept their fate as the ship's engines and life support fail. The very last minute, a Toker ship shows up to pick them up. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I I know uh, from our conversation before we started recording that this is one of your favorite episodes, Father Corey. Oh, yes. Take every disaster movie ever made and put them together and put them on space. (laughs) <laughs> and throw in a little dash R again, which of course are referred several times. No, this is definitely not my favorite episode. This, <laughs> this, this feels so much like, and this is, and it was written by Joseph Malazzi and his writing partner. I wish we would have asked, why did you do this? Why did you inflict <laughs> well, this on us? I, I read that it was mainly Paul Mully who, who wrote this one, mm-hmm. that at this okay. point they were kind of alternating. I have a little bit different take, but I'll, I'll wait to share. Yeah. My thoughts so I, it, it's, this is just, I mean, it does, it feels like they had more in their CGI budget than they did in their actually shooting on, on set budget. 
And mm-hmm. so they they put more money into the CGI's, which not for for the time was not bad, not at all. But the 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 whole the storyline kind of disappeared in the process. So yeah, <laughs> that's I'm kind of in the same boat with you on that. What about you, Lisa? I think this is a fun one. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, yeah it's a, it, it, I mean, they, and they call it out that they're rehashing all these, you know, I think 1998 was the big year for asteroid movies, uh, Deep Impact and Armageddon. And, and it's like, they're calling out that they're referencing it and they're having fun with it. But at the same time, it stays true to the plot and the characters. And you got a lot of Jack quippy moments and fun, um, you know, let's go save this and everything goes wrong. Which you gotta love, and you know it's yeah. gonna be good at the end of the day. And then, you know, there's curveballs, and I don't know. It's just it's lighthearted. It's fun. I to me, it's like your Planet of the Week episode. <laughs> so yeah, got a, got a panel divided. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and online, the votes are actually in support that this is a really good one. Hmm. <laughs> yeah i i really like this episode too if i had to like put on an episode um this would be just you know a standalone episode this would probably be be up there in my list and it and it is fun it's it's cheesy you know but it's just the way they ramp up the 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 progression of things going wrong <laughs> is just like so perfect it's like they they come up with a solution for one problem but then the next problem happens I the Richard Dean Anderson uh Jack has some of his best uh lines in this. There's some good like comedy bits, repeated, you know, comedy mm-hmm. bits between uh Daniel, Jack and Teal'c. Sam gets to be, you know, brilliant in this episode, and I like how it fits into the the greater continuity of the show as well. In the last episode, we learned that Anubis was planning to attack Earth in a way that wouldn't um necessarily violate the treaty. And in this episode, we see how they how they do that. And as it turns out, the the method that the Gould used to bring the asteroid into our solar system, you know, and and finding out that it wasn't in our solar from our solar system was because the core was made of Nakwada, which Sam found out because the gravity was wrong. So there's this whole it's it's it fits together. Um, is the way that is the way that they use to save uh, Earth. You know, they they create a hyperspace hyperspace window to send the asteroid through. So I like that. So it fits into the continuity there. And next season is when we start to see, you know, no spoilers here really, but the Earth doesn't have a, a spaceship, basically. And that's <laughs> yeah. to get a Was spaceship. That a spoiler? <laughs> um to get a spaceship, they need to go to, you know, the planet from a uh you know, a, a couple episodes ago or, or last episode and and so and get that spaceship, which maybe they should have done that already, you know, if they knew that there was a spaceship there they could they could have. But mm-hmm. um and and I don't know. That's the part I th- I don't know that that works. You know, you have to see the asteroid when it's far enough out that it's plausible that you know everybody wouldn't have seen it. But yeah. how do you kill ten days? Well, you, you have to get a ship, and you know, <laughs> so the 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 timeline in this doesn't really work. But as an episode itself, I really like it. Uh, I like the <laughs> the the comedy, you know, and it's it's just a it's just a fun, you know, doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of just a fun episode there. Yeah, I'm 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 with um, I'm with Father Corey on this. It yeah. just felt I didn't I know there was a plot, but it didn't really feel like there was a plot. It just felt like things kept happening, but there wasn't really much of a progression between them and 
I, I kind of feel like the actors weren't really interested in the plot. And I know Daniel kind of played that character just like being bored. And I don't even know why they sent him, honestly, because <laughs> <laughs> no languages to translate on an asteroid. But I don't know. It just it just felt boring to me, honestly. <laughs> I was going to say, at some point, Carter asked Daniel to like override something with the engines or whatever. And I was like, oh. Does Daniel know how to do that now? But I will yeah. agree to, to see Jack and Daniel and even Teal'c didn't have a whole lot to do, you know, fixing the ship. So it was kind of fun, though, to see like Jack staring at the lights and Daniel reading a book and, you know, just. Yeah, yeah reading a book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of questionable what, what that book was when he's turning it sideways and looking oh, at yeah, it. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> schematics. It was schematics yeah. for the yeah. ship. Yeah. <laughs> of course. That's the Star Trek technical manual. Yeah, there you go. You got to turn those sideways to get like yeah. the full fold out of the ship sometimes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the magazines that they didn't end up using for uh, the, ma- the magazines yeah. that Jack was going to give to the homeless guy. It was yeah. a National Geographic. That. Yep. Yeah. yeah, there you go. He was looking at a fold out with a Serengeti. Yes. <laughs> um, I think par- that was part of my problem with it was that. So you have this world, potentially world-ending disaster, and there do, there's no sense of urgency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the part I, I also didn't think worked was like, you know, General Hammond, we're, we're getting people off to the Alpha site. And you're like, of course Hammond isn't going to give up, you know, the, S, the SGC, you know, mm-hmm. so there's, it's, it's, that's just manufactured drama there. But I do like prior, you know, to our comments earlier in a previous episode, you know, Major Davis being... Major mm-hmm. disaster because whenever he shows up, you know, yeah, go for bad wars. And he's the one that says they've died. There's no yeah. chance of. I mean, he he seems to always be the one that gives them that final. You know, there's no way. Yeah. Just well, a, there's one good thing. Walter got to go through the Stargate. That's true. Yeah. You don't see it on screen, but he goes. Yeah, because he's there. Yeah. Yep. And we finally have the Alpha site. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now uh, it. it this is this is a hard one because it it there's the ticking clock and it's a long ticking clock. This isn't, you know, 24 hours or something like that. It's you've got a week and a half to solve this problem. <laughs> well, thank goodness they didn't show us them just sitting around on the ship for like the 8 days it took to travel or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did like the fact that they it wasn't just up to SG1 to fix the cargo ship. They actually yeah. brought in other people to do it. That was that's believable. They brought well, in Spellman. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, if you've thought about it, Daniel probably shouldn't have been there. He probably should have been one of the people leading for the Alpha site mm-hmm. and kind of coordinating okay. things there. And one of those nerds should have been the ones that was there <laughs> trying to help Sam help the sh- fix the ship. Maybe they would have got it fixed well enough that they didn't have half the problems. I feel like that would have been more interesting and also throw in like a, like a different element in there, someone who's not really been on any missions before and have them have to deal with that. Like, I don't know. Just... You get that next season as well. One of yep. my favorite episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. I, I did like, like Spellman's like, you, you know what this thing does, how it, it violates the, the laws of physics and they just <laughs> push them in. Push, yeah. <laughs> sure. That violated some workplace safety, something, right? Mm-hmm. Killing your coworkers by deanimizing them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Involuntarily killing. And we didn't worry about you, that in the early two yeah. thousands. <laughs> and, and if you watch uh, 
slight spoilers for Picard. There's there's good reason why you don't want to use the transporters. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Barkley was <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So um for me it's hard to pinpoint what I didn't like about this episode. It just felt it didn't feel cohesive, I guess was it? But I as always the humor was good and mm-hmm. the show does a really good job of lampshading uh the fact that this episode is basically a lot like the movie Armageddon because you get mm-hmm. Jack saying, I've seen this movie. It crashes in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that was good. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a whole genre. I mean, every show will do like a, you know, a heist episode at some point. They'll do, you know, an investigation episode or like a sleuthing episode. And then some will even do like, you know, disaster movie episodes. And in mm-hmm. a disaster movie, I mean, you have the thing that kind of sets it off, which is, you know, an asteroid's going to hit earth a cruise ship is capsized you know a, a building's on fire an airplane has been hijacked and you know there has to be complications along the way so it's it's a genre piece you know there's audience expectations you know things are going to be okay at the end and it's really just another vehicle to put your no pun intended to put your main cast into to see how they handle the challenge which is why I don't have a problem that it was the four members of SG1 because it's fun to see them all together doing their, you know, witty banter with each other mm-hmm. as, as they solve problems. And Jack and Teal just look so adorable in those uncomfortable spacesuits. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> with their, with their arms like. Did, well, did y'all notice that? So Sam and Daniel are stuck in the, um, escape pods, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So when they repressurized the cabin, they changed before they let them out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so how long did that take to get those suckers off? <laughs> yeah. Would you think about well, it, right? Like there, they should have so, like yeah. <laughs> And maybe it was just for the scene, yeah. but I just thought that yeah, was funny. Yeah. Like yeah, that, leave that, them in there a little longer. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I mean I could I could see where they you know they hit the button to act to reactivate the 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 uh, air, the the life support and then, you know, get get undressed but it's like no it, it looked like he was just kind of standing around and like okay i can let him out now yeah, yeah. <laughs> might as well grab a sandwich you know yeah there there was some weird science in here then some of it you know they hang the lamp, lamp shit on it's like don't worry about there not being gravity on the asteroid because it's mainly iron and so your boots your magnetic boots will stick right to it you know if they had just yeah. walked out on the asteroid somebody would have said hey wait a minute they should be floating off into space but you know, I don't know if that explanation really works, well, but well, let's, let's even talk about the crash that wasn't. I mean, like the the ship is looking like it's going to crash, going to dive right in plan. All of a sudden, it hits the parking brakes and does yeah, a they needed landing. a brake sound like a Bugs Bunny, like when the airplane like stops, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just parks nose down, you know, because the, because the crater was there. But it, why was why did the ship just land without be, them telling because it to once, land? Once the velocity like was slow enough, the the landing anti gravity thing would kick in. They had to fire the thrusters, and then and they never said a word about that. Well, they were firing the thrusters the whole time, and they didn't yeah. stop it. <laughs> well, I mean, how does any spaceship land? Right? I mean, if SpaceX can land on a barge, I have no problem with <laughs> because they have a rocket that does it. <laughs> yeah. Watch it; it's cool. <laughs> yeah. No, that was just that was just kind of one of those they did. Okay, well, so. Assume the spaceship actually lands. Now what? Now we just move on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they were wanting to make it look like they crashed so that Earth would yeah. think they died. Yeah. So they, you know, just, just 
make it happen for plot. <laughs> that yeah. yeah, that's basically it. Right. <laughs> I also I'm not an astrophysicist, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I feel like there if the asteroid is actually much more dense than it appears to be, there'd probably be some way to tell that based on its orbit as it's coming towards Earth. I mean, it was a very weird orbit because it's mm-hmm. basically launched like in yeah. the solar system, probably didn't even enter the solar system. It was probably like brought yeah. most of the way That's, towards Earth. And just... well, what they they said was that it was it was off the uh, the the uh, the plane of the the yeah. solar system, mm-hmm. so it was coming off from a, a regular orbit. So, so it was like that, would, uh, that interstellar object that came through the solar system a couple of years ago, the Uamua or whatever it was yeah. called. Oromora, Ouroboros. <laughs> but yeah, it was I think you were right. Maybe that's a, maybe that was a gold probe. Yeah. Could be. Coming out of your blind spot, coming in out of the sun. What did y'all think about getting the uh Asgard help out of the way first off in the episode? Yeah. It was fun to see the Asgard Council again. It was kind of a yeah. wasted appearance <laughs> by them, but Yeah. <laughs> And I was expecting them to circle back on all that, like have the Asgard come in once they discovered that it was made of mostly Naquita and was obviously planted there. I would feel I feel like it would have been better if they kind of tied that back in and had the Asgard come and deal with the asteroid and then have that lead into okay, so the gold are breaking the treaty surreptitiously. I don't know. I kinda like how the Asgard didn't like step in last minute for for once and i like the explanation it's like well now we can call the asgard right well our radio is broken and a radio signal would take you know yep how many uh how many years to reach them yeah but it was fun to see the team save themselves for once sort i mean they they saved themselves and then and then the tokra shows up after the last second yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and so i guess i don't know if they've ever really talked about how their faster than light technology works, but I guess it kind of dematerializes you a bit and makes you massless, and that's it's, how they were able to. It takes you out of regular space, right? Or the you mean the it's kind of a, yeah, kind of like a, a, yeah. a warp bubble, but then moves you into the hyperspace, yeah, subspace, something it takes whatever. you out of normal space and puts yeah. you into okay. hyperspace where where you can move faster because you're hyper. <laughs> And you don't interact with normal yeah. matter, I guess. I'm probably yeah, so, overthinking the technology. So see, on the original too, asteroids, but... <laughs> there was a button called hyperspace. And if you push the button that was called hyperspace, you disappeared <laughs> and you appeared someplace else. And so if an asteroid was coming right at you, you'd hit hyperspace and you'd be okay. And so I'm not saying asteroids was the uh, inspiration for this episode. But this could have been called Asteroids, the show. Yeah, with an exclamation point. Yeah. yeah. Except for you didn't have the cool little triangle ship shoot. Actually, it was a triangle ship. Yeah. But, yeah, there you go. Yeah. It is. And the, was there a flying saucer that came by? That was probably the, the, the Tok'ra, right? The so, mothership. Yeah. Oh, that'd be, that'd yeah. be the mothership. You know? Yeah, that launched that. Because they look right. kind of like big flying saucers. I did think the ship uh, looked very similar to the individual fighter ships from Independence Day. It's got that same kind of shape and... That's a Roland Emmerich movie, and so is Stargate. So I don't know yeah. if that's intentional, it's but that's connected. the first thing I thought of when I saw it. Yeah, I did like the shot of Earth, you know, from the asteroids, you know, that, that they came mm-hmm. back to and didn't always reuse the same shot there. I thought that was yeah. nice. Yeah, 
And Jack can see his house. He's got really good eyesight, apparently. Harder, I can see my house. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Yeah. And the asteroid sets are pretty good, too. Yeah. Visually, it was a a good episode. Mm -hmm. I did like their their Mm -hmm. poured, uh, you know, polyurethane foam walls on the asteroid and stuff. That was very... Oh, yeah. And and the the, the fake rocks, you know. They got all the fake rocks from uh, the Star Trek consoles and spread them out on the the (laughs) ground. From Wormhole Extreme, (laughs) and they dropped them on the Maup. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. the, t- the keypad stopped working yeah i did i did just like how you know in, in the montage of them like you know flying uh on the ship you know how how comfortable they are hanging out with like the most powerful warhead ever designed by man yep. you know <laughs> everybody's just kind of curled up around it like you know sleeping <laughs> next to it and you know one thing that, that will you can kind of give credit is you know they, they show anubis to being you know quite shrewd Mm-hmm. Because he yep. knew that they would, the Earth would try to, you know, do something cause with an explosion to get it, you know, out of orbit or get it out of the way of the, the Earth, and so he uses an asteroid that if you do that, you're actually going to make things far, far worse for the Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so it does make him look a lot more shrewd than just you know the typical ma ma ma. I'm going to yeah. get them. You know, yeah. you're right. It, it yeah. does set up Anubis for for being the what we're yeah. going to see of him. Yeah. That he's not just and, sure. He's not Apophis. Yeah. And that the human's own attempt to stop his plan is what would ultimately destroy them. Mm-hmm. You know, there would be no humanity left because, you know, and no, no one could show up a few days later and grab some survivors from, you know, the rock or the, you know, the mm-hmm. ash and cloud and stuff. There would be a like actual singularity or black hole, like right, yeah. right there or super or mini supernova. It'd go boom. Yeah. <laughs> be uh no more no more solar system. Um it got me thinking though, with with all that Nakuda on there, I feel like since they were able to get it through the earth, they don't really talk about how far they went. But I would assume they'd wanna wanna like tow that in and harvest all that because it's a lot of Nakuda. <laughs> yeah, it is. That was my thought too, but I, I don't know how fast it's moving. Yeah, you know, if they have a chance but, to catch up to it with their one dilapidated cargo vessel that they yeah. Which which one of those movies was the one where they had the oil riggers and they drilled? They were Armageddon, drilling, right? It was Armageddon. Armageddon. So there you yeah. go. There's your there's your solution. Yeah, you grab those guys, send them up to the asteroid, and drill out some Nakua. I mean, they're talking about that in real life, uh, towing asteroids into Earth orbit and then mining them because I think. If there's like one in the solar system that has more precious metals than the entire Earth has in its entire crust, so wow, wow. yeah, yeah, that's that, I mean, that, of course, that's been a thing of science fiction for forever. You know, you got the expanse, you know, like a recent mm-hmm. example of that, where one of the factions is the Belters, and they are the miners who live out on the belt, you know, the asteroid belt. You know, so that's that's pretty common, and and, and it makes sense. Um, but yeah. It, this wasn't the story for that, though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it is. It is good to see uh, have Sam take the lead on everything, though, because it, it was fun to see how basically everybody else, like Jack and Daniel, were both just kind of baffled, and mm-hmm. Teal just was silent. He he took the the smartest approach there and just like not going to comment. <laughs> yeah. And then Sam was <laughs> like, figured everything out. So it's good to have a Sam centric episode. I just wish yep. the Wish the problems had felt more organic rather than just 
all right, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. (laughs) Like you've got a one in five chance of blowing yourself up with by cutting wires. Oh, you got the right one. Okay. Now you got a one in four. Okay. Now you got a one, three, (laughs) one and two. And he just, and of course they do where he's got the deadly one and then changes his mind and goes to the other one. Yeah, they were they were clearly having some fun with it. I mean, oh yeah, and it was oh, yeah. I I don't know I was I was having fun watching it too. So I mean, yeah, but isn't that I mean it's kind of I was listening to our um, Malazi interview, you know, again, and and it's funny because that's that's kind of one of the things he talked about when we asked him about what makes SG One or Stargate so long lasting, like the fandom, and it's mm-hmm. because they had fun with it. They mm-hmm. didn't take yeah. themselves too. We've got enough serious sci fi that this was kind of a bright spot. And I think this episode just, just revels in that. Like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to do this and we're just going to, we're just going to have fun with, I mean, how many shows do you see where they have the wires? They all have to cut. It never blows up. They always get it right. Well, it's MacGyver. It's not going to blow up. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Now, now I will say this could very well be another one of these episodes that it's suffering from being in season five. Oh yeah, because yeah. you know yeah. again, this is the, this was when yeah. SG One was hitting its stride. I mean, it was at its stride. It, mm-hmm. These are some of the best episodes of the series. Are season four, season five, into season six, and then we get this episode. Which, if you'd put this like season one, season two, or even season nine, season ten, oh, yeah. it might have been a much better episode by <laughs> comparison. Yeah, that is. That's probably a good way to look at it because it's not really, I guess it's not a, it's not a bad episode. It's, it's, it's fine, (laughs) but everything around it is so good. And there's been so much momentum building up and everything around Mm -hmm. it that this almost feels like hitting the brakes and yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get, you know, Anubis's attack on earth, which was teased, you know, a couple episodes ago and it does, um, yeah, Spellman, I guess those those were the guys. I this is hard to pick up in the story, or at least it doesn't flow organically, but they're the ones who didn't find the recall device in the X three oh one and the three oh one, I guess, which which is what sent Jack and Teal spinning into space. Yep. And so yep. I I do yeah. like how they actually the continuity is actually checked for, for one this time. Yeah, they, 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 they call it they call it out, you know, where yeah. couldn't yeah. find one. Couldn't find wait, the recall device? You guys were the ones who <laughs> yeah. missed that? <laughs> but it was Jacob's shuttle, right? So he would have he would have checked for that. Yeah. Still, Probably. you know, they, yeah, it makes sense that they would they would check yeah. it still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they did they did show by the way those those shuttles do have bathrooms, so they solved that answer. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, that, that was funny, that wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I thought they'd tell him to just go into the woods or something, but yeah, yeah. first priority, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you think about it. That's you know, I'd, most sci-fi shows they never talk about you know. Eating is really only so they can show them sitting yeah. down and talking to each other mm-hmm. and never talk about showers and bathrooms and, you know, so it's yep. just kind of fun. It's kind of like 24. Remember that show that yeah. happened in a 24 hour, but then yeah. he never had to go to the bathroom or do sleep or nothing. And yeah. so it was kind of funny to just throw the normalcy in there. Well, and they're, yeah, they're there for good. a week and a half. So, you know, <laughs> you might want to have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i remember as a kid uh i got this millennium falcon 
for Christmas and it was like about this big. And when you opened it up, it was like a tin. It had a full nice. map of the Millennium Falcon on the mm. inside and it had like where the bathroom was on the Millennium Falcon. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I always is. thought that was cool because I'd always wondered about <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I think the Star Wars universe lends itself to having a bathroom a lot better than the Star Trek one does because every time like on Deep Space Nine, they talk about like waste reclamation. It was always like the comical Ferengi who brought it up, right? You know? Yeah. I, I may be misremembering, but I think Gene Roddenberry had a mandate that you couldn't show the bathroom on the Enterprise ever. Uh, so they just waiting until he died, and then they could talk about it. Yeah, yeah you, you do eventually see bathrooms in the crew quarters on, on Enterprise D, but I mean, the, Dom and Jimmy would be the ones to talk about TOS, because I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere yeah. near as experienced in that as they are, but I don't think you ever hear of anything like a bathroom or something like that, you know. But uh, you do from, yeah, from later... Later TNG and beyond. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Every time you transport, it it empties your wastes for you. Yeah, that's that's, an, that's just it looks like a, like a yeah. like a shrimp or something. See <laughs> 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 into it. <laughs> so, what did y'all think about? I'm gonna stop talking about waste. Uh, he, you know, getting to see him and and Fraser and I thought it. I thought it was kind of. Well, I wonder why they brought Fraser in, honestly. I mean, I, I love her. I love seeing yeah, her. But, that's kind of, yeah. but it was just kind of like a, you know, she had that one little line, I guess, you know, with Hammond. Um, that I kind of liked talking about the Alpha site and, um, you know, seeing the preparation to go through. Because we've talked about it how many times that they're, yeah. they need it. They keep talking about it. And now we're actually doing it. So I feel like that would be, that would have been a more interesting angle to have. I would have liked if this episode had been more like 50-50. Like that could have been like a B plot and then you have this as the A plot um, just to see those preparations. And I don't know if they've talked about yeah. this before with the Alpha site, but it would be interesting to see them establish that as like an extra solar human colony because you kind of do want to have people there because if the Earth gets mm-hmm. blown up without warning, then it doesn't matter if you have an Alpha site. I think they 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 have kind of talked about that 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 was one of the the places that they were using for research and stuff like yeah. that. So it, it's it's it could be like one of these one of these things where again it is a colony, it's a research colony, but it's set up for if there is this you know world ending catastrophe or an attack, they can go there and establish the alpha site mm-hmm. and yeah you know. And I think y- y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. I think in later seasons and in Atlantis we we hear. Like they actually have an active alpha site and and a beta site too. I think okay. yeah, yep, yeah. And the and the planet that they found. If I'm remembering this way back, but the first episode of Stargate Universe, the planet where they find the Destiny Gate, and they're doing. I think that is actually they've set up like one of those research colonies there. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the people who are who get on the ship yeah. are from the colony. From the, yep, yeah. they weren't supposed to be the ones to go in the first place. Yep, I just know that because I recently watched the first episode of universe just oh. i was like i want to see how how different it was and it was different yeah, <laughs> yeah. it gets more different said. as you go along i was like i'll, I'll go back to sg1 i like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would still pick this episode over that episode of universe i saw i will say that yeah. there you go oh, and <laughs> you to, and to most fair, fans yeah to to be fair don't judge a book by its cover and don't judge a series by its first episode but universe has got some very rough edges. Yeah, yeah. I, I even say you know give give a show 
and this is less the case now because but you know if you, it takes a, a year to iron out the bugs in a, in a in a show so even, even four or five episodes of the fir- of the first yeah. season you know yeah. that, that can give you an idea where they're going um oh. now that being said if you did that with tng you would end up with a couple of real stinkers so <laughs> yeah well, TNG i mean took that was, a couple more yeah yeah that was the long term uh that's like the rule of thumb for most star trek series is the first two seasons aren't very good that's kind of mm-hmm. fallen off with well i mean with tos it's not and but picard holds true with that so yeah it does well, yeah was well, well, it was streaming it's it's very different too you know yeah. they're different mm-hmm. models they're different you know the size the length of the seasons is very different so they're yeah, you don't more get like 24 episodes hour, yeah mm-hmm. it's more like one long movie or two mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. you know in a eight or ten hour format Basically what we used to think of as miniseries. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of that, uh, I think it's been recent. I know we, we talked about this with uh, Joseph Malazzi on our interview episode, but I think it's been recently confirmed that Amazon is actively in development of a new, uh, right. a new Stargate show. And as far as we know right now, none of the old guard are involved. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be interesting to see. The last, wa- the last things that, that were, were, were floated were the creators of the expanse. Mm. So, which that could be a positive. I mean, cause they, they did an excellent job on that series. Now that, that series is much more gritty than any of the Stargates are. So it'll be interesting to see if they're going to want to take more of a tone, assuming it's them that they're going to want to take more of a tone like SG one, or if they're going to want to take more of an expanse type tone, which I hope they don't. It'll be interesting because so Joseph Malazzi was doing polls on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I know I shared it with y'all, and that mm-hmm. asking what you'd want to see, what what long-term fans were still hanging around, you know, mm-hmm. obsessing about Stargate like us, you know, what do we want in a new show? And I thought that was really interesting in relationship to the news that he shared that there is a, sh- there is a development happening and that none of yep. the original people are involved. So was he doing it to show... Because he tagged Amazon and MGM. Like, was mm-hmm. he doing it to show them, look, this is what the fan base, if you want to keep us around, this is what we are interested yep. in. Or just so he can, when they screw it up, he can be like, yeah, no. I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> you screwed it up. <laughs> I really hope that Amazon is looking at what's happened with Star Trek when Paramount mm-hmm. Plus came out and how Discovery is pretty much a dud the first two seasons of picard were a dud but the fans have been loving the most recent season of picard which has legacy yep. people working on it and then strange new worlds which i don't know if there's legacy people working on that but they do the yep. episodic more light mm-hmm. tone that is fun and so and those yep. have been the two most successful ones and so i really hope that they're looking yep. at that and being like mm-hmm. the people who are going to want to watch this show are the people who like the show for what it is. They don't want some yeah. gritty reading well, yeah. with the name. Well, well, not just you have those two series, but you also have Lower Decks, which is, you know, it's, it's humorous. It's, it's, it's a comic, comic, uh, animated series, but it's done by people who love Star Trek and who've mm-hmm. loved these old, the old yeah. series. And I think, you know, and you, you're probably right that Joseph Malazzi was saying, this is what the people want. They want the same kind of thing in the Stargate universe. They want to go back to the, the fun and, you know, much as Mike grumble about this episode, you know, the fun and the silliness that mm-hmm. SG one could have. And you can and watch yet with still your family. have the serious plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can watch it with your family. 
can still have the serious plot points that they would have and stuff like that, you know, and doesn't have to be this brutalistic, <laughs> dark TV series. And it's, it's, I think that's a, that's kind of a hope for the TV. Yeah. TV. Uh, you know, as a whole for TV as a whole, that they're starting to recognize that's like, no, the reason why people like these shows back in the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands, because they were fun and we enjoyed them mm-hmm. and we want to watch that kind of stuff. That hasn't changed. Escapism, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. real life can be kind of hard and dark sometimes and, you know, struggle. So we watch TV a lot of times for that hope, redemption, escapism, mm-hmm. you know, to, to live outside of ourselves. And I think the general TV landscape, uh, like you said, Father, is kind of turning that direction. If you see, like, I know Game of Thrones is a really big hit, and that's a very dark, brutal series and then Mm -hmm. i think the most recent uh like they made a spinoff of that and i don't know if it's done very well and a lot of these streaming services are having a lot of trouble actually becoming profitable because of they've just put out so much stuff and it's all felt kind of the same so i think there is a reevaluation going on where Mm -hmm. i would be happy to see shows kind of move away from the like season-long gritty movie arc and even like have a lower budget because if the writing's good it doesn't need to be 10 or 15 Mm. million dollars per episode like that's not what people are watching for yeah well it's it's interesting because of course you know recently at least as we heard this recently the super mario brothers movie came out Mm -hmm. and it's just a fun movie yeah it's It's just a lot of fun and oh by the way (laughs) opening weekend it did almost 400 million dollars worldwide it's the highest grossing video yeah. game movie ever, yeah. Yeah, and one of the highest grossing, actually, I think it is the highest grossing animated movie. I think, like, Frozen 2 was before, and now this is. And it's just, like, it wiped them off the the map. It, nice. That's what people wanted. People just wanted a fun movie with characters we enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it was. It fit the bill. Taking my six-year-old on Saturday, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> oh yes, yes, <laughs> and, and we we will do a, a secrets of movies and TV on it if it hasn't come. I don't think it'll come out by the time this one does, but we will do one of those. So <laughs> yeah. of course, I'm going to have to do more research. I mean, go watch it again. Yeah, <laughs> 140 Mario Easter eggs you may have missed in the Super Mario. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Yeah, I saw it with our with our kids who are you know 21 all the way down to to eight. And so they all caught some different things, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it was like, that's the ice climber polar bear in three different shots. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Really obscure stuff. So uh, anyways, uh, back, back so, to so this episode. I was yeah. going to say, have we, have we padded this out enough since we, we pretty much talked about the show, the episode? <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, uh, are there any good alternate language titles for this episode, Victor? Uh, most of them were along the line of like fail safe or, you know, safety limit. But in German, we get das Ende der Welt, which is the end of the world. So they're cutting right to the, they're back. Right to the chase. They, yeah. yeah, they're back. Nice. That's a, a, a TV show episode about an asteroid destroying Earth really should have a German title. Just gives yeah. it a punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> Oh, and uh, here's a, like, you know, those old educational shorts you'd watch in, in school. They'd always end with a question, like a discussion question for the class to discuss. So <laughs> if, if you were the president, would you tell people that an asteroid was about to hit the Earth, knowing that oh, it might cause freshly. a panic, but would give people a chance to settle their unfinished business in the few minutes they have left? 
That is a good question. Um, I mean, you know what's going to happen when you tell them utter chaos. So, Mm -hmm. but what is the morality of that? Like, is it immoral to not tell people they're all about to die? Yeah, I, that, that, that's good. That is a good question. I I should have thought more about that because that, of course, you know, the asteroid impact, I mean, assuming we'll get, it is NACODA filled. So, I mean, that kind of changes the whole thing, but assuming it doesn't just crack the earth open like an egg completely, um, there should still be time for people to get their affairs in order for most people, especially since they were saying it was like Greenland is where it was going to hit. Yeah. You know. And as it gets closer, you are going to see it. Like it's yeah. someone's going to get a telescope and spot it. But I'll, I'll throw it out there that as Christians, aren't we always supposed to? That's true. An asteroid could mm-hmm. be, could hit us any minute. <laughs> yes. Like a thief in the night. Yeah. Like a thief in the night. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Well, Always you know, I, I have I have been voting for sweet meteor death for about like the thra- last three yeah. presidential elections. It hasn't worked, but no. <laughs> I always love that meme. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely right, Lisa. You know, we, we should be ready in case something happens because it might not be a meteor. I was just watching a YouTube video uh, today of a, a a lawyer. He's one of the YouTube lawyers who he just had a sudden stroke in his forties. Oh, oh man. Ooh. I mean, and he was, he was like, he was down and out and this was like right before Christmas, he had a stroke and it's only recently he's been able to get out and kind of tell his story more and you know be able to express what happened, you know? So we need to be ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I would say if you tell people you're going to cause a mass panic and more people are going to end up getting hurt because the people who people are going to despair and not care and you're going to get a lot mm-hmm. of people killing each other. So mm-hmm. I'd probably keep it on the down low and. Hope for the best. Especially if SG one saves the day. Be like, exactly. just kidding. <laughs> just just do the you know the five minute oh by the way. You see that big yeah. thing that's coming between us and the sun? Yeah, it's gonna hit. <laughs> Get well with your God and we're done. <laughs> nice. Thanks for bringing that up, Victor. That is a, a good moral yeah. question that this Yeah, has And I don't it. I don't know what I would do. Probably uh say say nothing because you know there's always a hope that sg1 will will come through in the end and yep. in in the fictional universe of, of uh, stargate they they always do they always exactly. do yep mm-hmm. I, I get my bagpipes out and play Freebird as the asteroid <laughs> crash into earth <laughs> <laughs> it's a way to go out <laughs> at least it's, it's not stairway to heaven on the guitar because of course you yeah. can't you're not supposed to play that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wonderwall, just to troll everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, We do have some uh, feedback on our episode uh, where we interviewed uh, Joseph Malazzi. Uh, Patrick Frame emailed us at our email at uh, stargate at sqpn.com. He said, I'm a fan of the podcast and I regularly enjoy tuning in. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for saying that. We we have fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, It was a treat to listen to the latest episode wherein y'all interview Mr. Malazzi. I appreciated the questions y'all chose to ask him, especially Lisa's. But there was one very important question that y'all neglected to ask, and that is, who are the furlings? This has been my biggest point of contention with the show's mythology. I was hoping to get some closure, but maybe that will never come. Uh, In all seriousness, (laughs) thanks for all you do. It's fun to relive moments from my family's favorite TV show. We we did ask, but he ordered us to cut it out. Right. No, (laughs) No, we didn't. The truth is redacting. That would yeah. have been a really fun question. I yeah, that that would have oh, been good. You know what we should have done? 
We should have we should have set it up where we ask him and he says he's got a picture of it and then you have it like the video cut out at the very end. Oh, oh yeah, oh, technical error. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it's a it's a shocking uh, thing involving Linnea, the the Unas, and um, I think the uh, renegade faction of the Knox. So we we can't talk about it. <laughs> Someone's gonna pick you that up. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. We also got some uh feedback on Twitter from our episode. Uh C C T Rot thirty five. C Trot thirty five. I always have a hard time reading uh uh the handles phonetically. <laughs> it says, it's uh, French, great. it's 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 Citro. Oh, thank you. Yeah, That's a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says, uh, great interview. I like the Christian viewpoint that Father brought to the table, pointing out the morality of SG. The balance SG-1 achieved from a moral standpoint was great, not overly slash overtly moralistic and not immoral slash licentious in the other direction. We need more of that. And I definitely agree. I think that's that's one of the things we want to do is we want to put that spin on the show because there's tons and tons of podcasts about science fiction shows, and I think we definitely bring something unique to the table. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret of Stargate, including Michael M, Kim L, Michael S, Gwen M, and Mary N. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secret of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. And to find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate and you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. And be sure to check out our Discord at sqpn.com slash discord. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, The Warrior. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining us and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you, too. Thanks, Jack. And we came, we saw, we planted the bomb, we had a little fun with a meteor shower, we went home. It's a great story, isn't it? <laughs> Word up, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm Jack Berzini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy, Raising the Bets. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash bets. That's B-E-T-T-S, bets.